And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Padres Mission Podcast. We are recording this on December 19th. 2019 but this will be premiering on the 23rd so we hope that you guys are enjoying your mondays i'm sure many of you guys will be traveling for the holiday season my name is fernando mendez this is the padres mission podcast i'm joined here by my co-host andrew andrew how are you doing today i'm doing pretty good thanks for having me on absolutely thank you so much for joining us yet again uh, the week treating you all right so far my friend yeah yeah you're treating me great I mean, no complaints. No, I mean, none yet. We'll see you in uh, the next few weeks. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, maybe we'll. I mean, we haven't made too many big moves lately. So. No, yeah, no, nothing that's keeping us up all night. Not quite yet. It'd be I nice though. Keeping AJ looking, up all night, perhaps. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he ever sleeps. I think he just hangs out at a Denny's and then pulls out a tarp and like a mattress. Uh, I, th- I think it's even more depressing because, I mean, do Denny's have bars? There's got to be a couple that have bars, right? I'm, I'm sure he finds the bars or he, he brings a flask. He seems like a flask, you know, like he's got some <laughs> alcohol just hidden there. He's in a sweater vest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just, he's, he looks like a tequila guy, if I had to guess. <laughs> <laughs> I can just, see that. Maybe he pulls out of his hair. Yeah, he's like, uh, I lost Trey Turner and then takes a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was happy about the move at the time. And, I mean, a lot of Padres fans were happy about the Will Myers trade at that time as well. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, we've said that before. We're going to say that for the next however many episodes we can convince people to uh, listen to the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we pull up Will Myers' bank account, we'll see 100 million reasons why it was a bad trade. Uh, not if you're Will Myers. No, no. He's very happy. And he's spending it all on his haircut. That looks great. I mean, yeah, in all fairness, he didn't have a haircut prior to that. I mean, I, I remember he always used to have, like, that super shaggy hair. And if you see old photos of him as a Tampa Bay Ray, he looks kind of like the kid from the Lorax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He, he looks like a who. And now I'm, I'm not sure what he's going for, but it's something. So, yeah. Yeah, good <laughs> for you, Walmart. That's for for you to find out. <laughs> You're too poor to understand. <laughs> yeah, poor to understand fashion. I, I don't have enough money. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand what's in right now. He knows all about that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, us poor folk will figure all that out. So once <laughs> again, guys, thank you guys so much for joining us. This right here is the Padres Mission Podcast. Why do we call it the Padres Mission Podcast? Because the home of any friar is a mission, and this right here is your home for San Diego Padres news opinions hot takes and more and boy oh boy do we have all that in store for this episode before we get into all that uh if you guys are interested in uh, giving us any kind of feedback the best way to give us feedback of any kind is through our email padres mission podcast at gmail.com constructive criticism is something that we admire here on the show if there's something we can do to make this show better andrew and i want to be the first in line to do whatever we can to improve the show. Also, if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, that same email, Padres Mission Podcast at gmail.com, we would love to get some sponsors to help us pay our electricity bills and help uh, Andrew's uh, Waffle House addiction. I, I don't know if you actually like Waffle House, but you live in Arizona. So. It, it's become a problem, guys. Um, <laughs> so if you could send some money our way. <laughs> I really do like uh, Waffle House. It's my favorite part of going out to uh, spring training. <laughs> yeah, Waffle. It's great. It's a good time. 
it's really good because the food's super cheap. Like I can get like half the restaurant for like eleven dollars. It's insane. I mean, I can't even get to the Denny's. So yeah, yeah. If you get to number seven, you actually get a part ownership. So that's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the same thing if you go to like a, a Chick Fil A and they don't have soap in the bathrooms. But that's a story for a different time. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and talk about what's on deck for today's episode. So for any of you guys who are aware, there are projections that are uh, set every single season uh, by certain organizations and certain websites that uh, project exactly, you know, how a team's going to do, how a player is going to do. And obviously there is margin for error in all these projections. But it still is fun to look at these projections, uh, see how they panned out last year and how they're going to pan out this year. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of those projections today. We are going to talk about uh, the protective netting that uh, Major League Baseball uh, has uh, convinced all 30 teams. I mean, if that's the word you want to use, convince 30 teams. Uh, to go ahead and expand uh, their netting past the dugouts, but we'll get to that momentarily. And we are also going to talk about the potential of Major League Baseball cutting 42 teams. Um, will they do it? Will they not? We'll get to all that momentarily right after this. Okay, perfect. So just cut a little pause. All right, cool. Yeah, like I a little five need- seconds. Yeah, I just needed a burp, so. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> oh, I was like, perfect timing. <laughs> All right. So we'll go straight into protective netting. Okay, ready? Ready to go. All right. Three, two, one. And we are back with the Padres Mission Podcast. All right, Andrew, our first topic of the day, mi hermano. I don't know why I said it like that. Spanish is my first language, so it should have been like, mi hermano. I have to say it like that. I have to say it like I'm at, uh, working a drive-thru at a Del Taco. No, it's poetry. and That's where I prefer to get my poetry is Del Taco, actually. So, perfect. Do you prefer Del Taco over Taco Bell? No, not at all. I'm, I'm, the, I'm not a fan of Del Taco, and I will fight anyone to the death if they, if they try to make me go there. <laughs> uh, funny story. My, uh, my uh, godmother was like a franchise owner of like something like 40 taco bells so uh i worked at taco bell for seven months i think my mom worked at taco bell for the first like seven years of my life obviously my godmother like i stated so taco bell has been like bread in my family for generations yeah you guys are on the right side of history for sure so good for you guys yeah i suppose but i mean there's a del taco on every corner too so and i i, I never see people in there but uh no not no get too sidetracked yeah, I mean, we can go into a full episode on how Del Taco sucks and how they actually make their money. It's, that'd oh, be a good like, what? Yeah, good investigative journalism. There you I'm go. sorry to any of the five Del Taco fans that we offend. <laughs> oh, maybe, see, if we ever make a Patreon, people, this is what we're going to talk about. Things like that, not not baseball. <laughs> yes, much as we love baseball. <laughs> yes, just a deep dive into Del Taco. Yeah, right. All right, guys. So protective netting is going to be expanded. All 30 teams have agreed to extend uh, their protective netting substantially past the dugout. Those are the exact words that were released. Uh, Andrew, what's your opinion on this? I mean, I I think it's great. I mean, 
I, I know we were, we were talking a little bit about this before the show, uh, and uh, I mean, it, it, you know, you got to weigh the option between having to look through a net and between having to uh, take a hundred and five mile an hour to the face as a you know a two year old child. So I mean, it's kind of like even on each side, but I'm weighing towards protecting the kids just personally. If you want to go more into that story, that would be awesome. In case anyone's uh, not familiar. Uh, the, the story of the uh, the two year old. I think it was at a Yankees game or at a Cubs. I think it was at a Yankees game and a Cubs game. Correct. I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, It took a 105 mile an hour line drive to the face. Uh, Fracture school is an absolutely uh, tragic situation. I know I kind of started that out joking a little bit, but it was a really sad situation, and it it could have been completely avoided. And I I think uh, extending the nets out, while you know it might suck to lose a little bit of the view, it's completely needed. Like. These guys are so strong; they're hitting these balls into the stands, and you can, they can kill someone. People have died out in the stands. What were what were we looking at? There was a uh, since 2012, there was 808 injuries from uh, baseballs going into the stands in the last uh, eight years. That's a hundred a year. It's That's unnecessary. A lot. I mean, I I distinctly remember being, gosh, who knows, of probably about seven, eight years old, and uh, watching a, a Padres game on TV. And uh, Ryan Klusko, remember him, Padres fans, uh, hit a foul ball, and it hit a young lady who was, I want to say, fairly close to the foul line. It was a foul ball, and it drilled her right in the face. And I remember them, like, zooming in on this little girl, and she had, like, just bloodied face. And, yeah, I remember that vividly. And this was years ago. And I still remember what this little girl looked like on TV. I mean... Obviously, uh, I don't know what she actually looked like. She was unfortunately covered in blood. But I mean, this is something that happens <laughs> all the time, people. Yeah, you no, I, I mean to laugh there, but yeah, it's. I can't believe it took so long just to to get up. To, like what? That, that was like fifteen years ago, and then you know people were being hit by line drives and dying in the seventies. Like, I, I mean, good for Major League Baseball to do something about it now, but I mean, this should be something that was already part of it forty years ago. Yeah, and, you know, I, I definitely understand the other side of the argument. Trust me, I it frustrates me. I mean, I go to a baseball game because I'm going to watch the game. Call me old-fashioned. Uh, I'm there to watch a baseball game. I'm not there to go buy overpriced Ballast Point with my buddies. I'm not there to pay an extra $12 to eat Phil's barbecue. I can get that outside the stadium for crying out loud. I'm there to watch a baseball game. Yeah, I want to catch a baseball but then again, I also don't want little Sally Sue at her first game to get struck in the face by Manny Machado's $300 million swing hitting her in the face. That's also not okay, people. No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and if you can't get parents to stop texting while they're driving, you're not going to get them to stop texting at a baseball game. You should sell that quote to somebody. <laughs> that, that is the most genius piece of marketing I've ever heard. <laughs> It's just, yeah, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to get people to pay attention. Yeah, whoever's listening to this podcast who has any kind of influence as far as the uh, the little messages that play before, you know, like the safety videos, like before they introduce the starting lineups, that is the phrase you should use. <laughs> Man, yeah. I, we know you text while driving, so we know you're going to text during this game. <laughs> Especially because the Padres like encourage you to use that hashtag, whatever. Like, 
Oh, yeah. SD and HD. So you know darn right people are trying to take the hottest selfie of them and their new bro tank with, you know, their side chick or whatever, whoever they're with the game that day. So, yeah. yeah. When you're watching the playoffs, like how many people do you see behind home plate that aren't even watching the game? It's like, yeah, like 90% of them are just like glued to their phone, like $300 yeah. sheets and they're not even paying attention. Yeah, unless you're Marlon, man, you're probably not going to be paying attention to the game. Yeah, I mean, that's all he's got. I mean, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I guess this is a fair statement. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I, people should be paying attention. I, I understand, you know, but it, it, I, I guess in the grand scheme of things, it also is not worth a child being injured. That's oh, yeah. just what it boils down to. But it does make you wonder – What's next? I mean, Andrew, do you think this this is a problem that keeps growing? Yeah, it's like is it like a slippery slope? Yeah, well, you were you were telling yeah, me about yeah, the, uh, the the Japanese baseball league, and what were you saying about the, the whistles? I, I don't want to mess up the story. So, okay, so for anybody um, who doesn't know, uh, in Japan, I believe that there is netting to the foul poles. I might be wrong on that. But I know for a fact that uh, during batting practice, they have security guards or they're dressed like police officers. They could very well be cops. I don't know what the Japanese police force is up to. But um, yeah, they, they might be cops. Or they're home run police. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, whoever these people are, uh, they stand in the outfield with whistles and like flashing lights. The flashing lights just kind of keep on going. And whenever a home run ball is coming over the fence, they will blow their whistle and point at the ball until it lands in the stands so people are aware that a ball is coming. I mean, is that next? Are we going to have, like, the 85-year-old ushers at Petco Park blowing the whistles? Yeah, that, that seems a little excessive. I mean, and then what's after that? Do they give speeding tickets if the ball's too fast? Like, there's only so many places you can go with it. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean... If there's, <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, I don't know, it's hard, it's like, we're moving into a state where no one wants to get hurt anymore, so, you, you can almost yeah. imagine just having Darn a net completely, yeah, it's just gonna be completely netted in stadium, and then we're gonna be looking at, like, a glass dome eventually. Yeah, maybe, maybe it'll be like the, the Simpsons movie. Yeah, that's, it. that's exactly what I was thinking, that's like, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. the safety, it's just going to keep creeping in, the safeties. I mean, we got to decide if we're okay with it or not. Okay, plot twist, plot twist. Tropicana Field's the worst stadium in baseball, right? That's a fairly, you know... Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't think even the Rays fans would argue that. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's pretty standard baseball opinion. Um, what if they had it right all along? Because you know how, like, whenever somebody hits a home run, most of the time it hits the roof and just kind of comes back down to the field, but they count it as a home run? What if that was the solution all along? Yeah, I honestly, that might be. I honestly <laughs> thought you were going to say that the solution was just not having any fans <laughs> to hurt. <laughs> so that's I also mean, a solution. <laughs> unfortunately, a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of baseball teams who can, you know. Yeah, I mean, if there's 14 people in the stadium, it's kind of hard to hit one. It's like, it's, you could try. I don't know if you could hit a race fan. 
Maybe. <laughs> I, I have three friends that are race fans. They all, they all live in Tampa, though. Um, you know, so you know I, half the race fans. That's that's all. That's half of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, poor race ownership. I mean, you had Evan Longoria, so I mean, hey, he, he was a good player. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he was. Funny story. Uh, 2017, I believe it was. Uh, my godfather. Uh, shout out to him. He listens to the podcast. If um. Hey, Godfather. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure you have a name. Sorry. <laughs> he, uh, he took me to a uh, the Angels versus Athletics uh, 2017 uh, opening day game uh, in Oakland. And uh, so we went. It was opening day. It was a day game proper. So it was like 1 o'clock start time. There were 16,000 people at the stadium. This is no exaggeration, folks. 16,000 people. You can go to Disneyland on an off-season day and find twice as many people in yeah. line for the Matterhorn. <laughs> yeah, so, right. I was going to say, that's like that's like a normal line for like Indiana Jones. Yeah, right. So 16,000 people, no exaggeration, I promise. The next day was a night game. Do you want to take a stab as to how many people are at the game, Andrew? And this was, and I promise, guess how many people are at the game. The following, second game of the season, keep in mind, Second, the second, second, game the uh, second game of the season? Second game of the season. Oh, man. Uh, 28,000. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I'm way off. What, what is it? <laughs> it was not even 3,000 people. I'm not what? 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 I promise you. There wasn't even 3,000 people. Uh, granted, the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, who whose old arena was in the parking lot, were playing in a playoff game. So I, maybe that was the priority for people living in Oakland. Yeah, but I, feel like... uh, I promise. After like a million people in the area. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but I mean, just about every single one of them is a Golden State Warriors fan, and everyone in the world was a Golden State Warriors fan two years ago, except for me, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you should have jumped on. That was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently. So um, yeah, there was there was nobody at that game. It was uh, it, it was pretty embarrassing. Uh, it was fine for me. Danny Espinosa hit a home run that ended up winning the game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it, it's really sad when there's only 3,000 people the second game of the season. It's no, insane. And, it, and then people like – towns like Oakland wonder what happened. You know, how come it, they don't have a team anymore? Yeah, why, why is Oakland talking about moving to Las Vegas or San Jose? <laughs> yeah, at this point, they're better off moving to the, you know, the Circle K on the, you know, name any city. And they'd probably yeah. get more than 3,000 people. Yeah, yeah, I think Circle K has got a bigger fan base than the Oakland A's for sure. That's that's yeah, a. I mean, they they win so many games too. Like Billy Bean's so great. Like, they're, I mean, I know they're that a I, very good organization. They yeah, the credit they deserve. I mean, literally, Billy Bean will pick somebody out of the garbage can and turn them into the next big. Th- he's he's almost like a Bill Belichick in baseball, is he not? No, I, I don't know how he does it. It's, I, I, it's impressive. He has. He just seems to always just be on the right side of moves and has the lowest payroll and has just been doing it for 20 years. And I still mean, the 3,000 Jonah people. Hill. is Jonah Hill. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, yeah, Jonah Hill, Jonah Hill right? Which, uh, was he a composite of two people? He's the Mariners guy, the Mariners GM that makes all those trades. I think Jonah Hill was playing him, right? Was he? Yeah, yeah, him and another guy. So, I mean, it's interesting. He needed a uh, he needed Billy Bean. It turned out. Yeah, yeah, apparently. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's uh, I don't know how we got on this tangent. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, where were we supposed to go again? <laughs> now uh, we're about, yeah, now we're talking <laughs> about the attendance of days. <laughs> yeah. uh, this, right, this is right. the problem here. This is the problem here. All right. Let's, yeah, this is how we got to an hour last time. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So let's go ahead. And I, I think we covered the protective netting. Do you have anything you want to close out with as far as that topic? No, I think uh, we covered everything from, you know, protective netting to the attendance of the A's. So we got it. We got it pretty well. Yeah, right. That was just about A to Z. So yeah, yep, yep. And Sorry to the. And there, we even talked about uh, Del Taco in the beginning of the show. So really, we're we're off to a great start here, folks. Yeah, do you think there's more Del Taco fans than race fans? I guess that's a question I want to ask. <laughs> I mean, there's more people in the Del Taco drive-through than they are at the Oakland A's uh, second game of the season. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, even if there's two people in Del Taco, then that's still more than the, the A's. <laughs> <laughs> apparently i will real quick closing out on that topic i will say the one thing that i really do think is cool about that stadium it's not the troughs in the bathrooms um it's the fact that um they allow people to bring music devices in the stadium some people think it's annoying but i just think it's something quirky and cool like allow you to bring music devices in the stadium which is something that's really cool drums tambourines um i i don't think there was anything else. I, there was like cowbells. So it's interesting. It's unique. You know, that's the only place you're going to see that. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And that's like one of the benefits of not having a lot of people to annoy. So that's like a big plus. You almost made me spill my water. <laughs> spit up my water. Uh, all right. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, the next topic before uh, people from Oakland uh, <laughs> down vote our podcast. Give it a one star review, which is fine. Hey, if still... Yeah, they should buy more tickets, and then we won't have anything to complain about. So I mean, we sell season tickets for literally like three hundred dollars. No joke. I know. Their season tickets are cheap. Yeah, I you... literally considered buying season tickets once because they were like thirty dollars for like a month. So I guess it was like a month pass, but it was crazy how cheap it was. They they should just sell season tickets that you can like sleep overnight, and then people might buy it with how expensive rent is up there. <laughs> so you know, Billy Bean, if you're listening, like there's a there's a market to tap right there. <laughs> there you go. Next, Andrew's gonna uh, jump in the uh, Ricky Henderson like hot dog tall suit and win that race. That's also yeah. something I'm throwing out there, Billy. Yep, uh, I'm down. If you ever if you ever want me on, I'll I will jump in a hot dog suit and I'll run anywhere. <laughs> All right. So 32 minutes in, we're gonna go to our second topic. So, <laughs> Uh, as of right now, folks, I'm traveling for work, and I'm in the beautiful city of Stockton, California. I'm just teasing. I mean, I am in Stockton. I'm not making fun of anybody from Stockton. My dad's actually from Modesto, just down the road, so I'm very familiar with his parts. But the reason why I bring that up is because Stockton has a minor league baseball team named the Stockton Ports. Why am I trying to tie this all together? Because 42 minor league baseball teams are uh, in the danger of being cut. Andrew, uh, do you care to elaborate uh, as much as you can on the subject? Yeah, so Major League Baseball and the Minor League uh, Baseball League are having their negotiations uh, come up. So in 2020, their contract between their partnership is going to end. And as it's coming up, Major League Baseball is saying that the facilities for a lot of minor league teams are not up to par. They want better facilities. They want better stadiums. They want better training grounds, and 
they want the teams to put up all this money without Major League Baseball having to back any of it. And the minor league teams are playing hardball and saying, hey, we don't have the kind of money to make these type of renovations without your help. And as a result, Major League Baseball is saying that we're just going to cut you guys out completely and these 42 teams. So, I mean, the negotiations have been pretty heated with recently Major League Baseball and Manfred coming out and saying, well, if you, you know, if this doesn't happen, we might just cut the entire minor league baseball system out completely and then negotiate with like the independent leagues, like the Atlantic leagues and things like that. So it's a, it's a really heated situation and it it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very interesting situation. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and apologize in advance because, I mean, I know this is a situation that's going to get me fairly heated. I tried to not be emotional about situations, but, I mean, this is kind of one where I feel like most baseball fans feel like it would be very, very unfair to these communities. Um, I grew up uh, about 45 minutes north of uh, Bakersfield in a small town uh, close to Delano, California. So we had two minor league teams. We had the Visalia Oaks at the time. Now they're the Visalia Rawhide. And we had the Bakersfield Blaze. Um, I moved to San Diego in like 2000. So I, I've been there. I've been here for a long time. But, uh, you know, minor league baseball is what people have out there. Uh, my godfather is a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. And they were the minor league system for the, Red, uh, for the uh, Reds for, I think, like one or two years. So, you know, he went to a lot of games and... A lot of people in that region do go to a lot of games. I mean, people don't realize that for smaller towns like like Elsinore, like Bakersfield, like Visalia, Modesto, Stockton, this is one of the primary forms of of education. Primary forms of baseball education. education. It works. Let's roll with it. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's education for us. Um, You know, people don't know what it's like to live in a city or a town where there isn't so much to do. That's what you have. That's not fair to these communities. That's not fair to these people. Now, Rob Manfred claims that he that he wants to make uh, America's pastime to be America's most popular game again, right? Isn't that hasn't he been on record several times saying that his goal is to make baseball the most popular sport again? Yeah, I mean, he also said the balls weren't juiced this last year, so I mean, take everything. But he, he admitted says. to it eventually. <laughs> Yeah, right? yeah, begrudgingly, he admitted to it. Wait, what they say? The balls aren't juiced. The seams like were just or whatever. Yeah, it was just the stitches on the baseball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean well, that's I mean, a digression. If you look at like Japanese pitchers, um, I mean, isn't there some evidence that that might be true because they get blisters because the Japanese baseball seams are a little more flat? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's definitely evidence. And then you know, people are taking the baseballs and doing aerodynamic tests and showing that the ball flight is hugely affected by the seams. I mean. So when he says it's not, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're definitely getting off topic, but yeah, if the balls are juiced, it doesn't matter if it's the seams or something inside the ball, if they're traveling further. But yeah, back to what he was saying about uh, the minor league baseball teams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Rob Manfred said he wants to do whatever he can to make the game, you know, popular again. You know, I mean, football is still a sport. Basketball are still sports. Those two are probably ahead of baseball right now uh you know football's on the decline i mean their ratings have been tanking over the last couple of years you know tanking is a bad word uh because that's not true 
But, I mean, football ratings are certainly not as high right now as they were three or four years ago. And it's certainly because the younger generation doesn't seem to enjoy the how barbaric football is. You know, that's a different topic. But, yeah, you yeah. know, it doesn't seem like millennials enjoy how barbaric the sport is and, you know, the CTE that it can – that it does or does not cause. Once again, different topic. But if there's a time where baseball can gain in popularity, this is the time. You know, and I've had many conversations with my friends about this over the years. Uh, Most of them are football fans, not so much baseball. Football, their golden age is long gone. Think about it. You go up to somebody on the street who really doesn't watch football, they probably can't name more than six or seven quarterbacks anymore. You know, five or six years ago, they probably could. You know, Peyton Manning, you know, Tom Brady was still playing. You know, Drew Brees still playing. You know, guys like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure most people would still name Peyton Manning, even though he's been out of the league for a few years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, football, I, Andrew, can't you kind of agree that football's golden age has kind of passed us? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, as a millennial that you're talking about, there's nothing worse than watching a game and being like, all right, well, that guy's not going to remember who he is when he's 50. Yeah, it's kind of depressing when you see somebody like Brett Favre <laughs> actually not remember who people are during his Hall of Fame uh, press conference. But once again, let's not get on a tangent about that. It's um, a great <clears> thing <throat> about baseball. You don't have to worry about that. That's true. Um, so uh, basketball obviously is very popular. It's gaining popularity around the world. So you might not beat out basketball. That's fine. I, I have no problem being second fiddle to basketball. I mean, you know, I don't like the whole basketball free agency thing, but, you know, that's different. Um, but what I will say is this is the time for baseball to strike. Those other sports are, you know, kind of past their golden age. Maybe basketball, you can make the argument they're still in it. But this is baseball's golden age. I don't care what people say. Think about all the talent in the league. The Mike Trouts, the Aaron Judges, the Manny Machados, the Fernando Tatis Juniors. Every single team has two or three superstars these days. Baseball superstars are absolutely everywhere. So I don't oh, yeah. think there's an argument. I, I This is baseball's golden age. This is the time. Andrew, do you not agree? Yeah, this is definitely the time when baseball should be making moves to, you know, pick up more audiences. If you were to just shut down minor league baseball in 42 cities, you're going to be losing not only all the fan base in that area for the people that go to those games regularly, but you're going to be putting bad publicity across the whole country because this is becoming a national topic. They should be pumping more money into the minor league baseball system, paying their players better, making the facilities better, making the games more enjoyable. You know, really expanding that so that way they can get more people interested in minor league baseball. But they're doing the exact opposite. It's it's just it's a frustrating thing to watch. You know, I might be crazy, and I don't know if you're going to agree with this or not. But most often than not, I would prefer minor league games over major league games. Don't get me wrong. I love major league games, too. I just I love baseball. I'll go to any baseball game. But what I love about minor league games is that Joe Schmo working his butt off in Lake Elsinore or San Bernardino is diving for every single ball hit past him. He's running his butt off to beat that, to get that infield hit. You know, he hits it at the shortstop. He's going to run as fast as he can. Why? Because he wants a taste of going to the show. 
That's what I love about minor league baseball. And you want to take that away from 42 cities? You want to cut jobs from 42 cities? I understand Rob Manfred only cares about money. He doesn't care about baseball. He cares about money. Who are we kidding? If you really cared about baseball, you wouldn't make this awful decision. Bud Seeley would not make this awful decision. No, yeah, that's, yeah. And saying that Bud Seelig, who made just bad decision after bad decision, wouldn't make that just really points to how bad of a decision that Manfred's making right now. Like what you're saying, yeah, it, it's fun to watch players that really care about the game and they're trying to make something with it. And it's way different experience than Major League Baseball where you see these established players with big contracts kind of loafing around. They don't have the same drive as the minor league players. And not only that, but it's a way more casual and like family-friendly experience to go to a minor league park. You go there, it's a smaller stadium, the food's cheaper, the drinks are cheaper, the you know, the tickets are cheaper. You can you see yeah, people right? bringing an well, entire like family. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, you know, you can go there for fifty bucks and bring your entire family and have a good time, get everyone hot dogs. You know, kids are going and playing on the bounce houses and stuff. You have a higher chance of getting a foul ball. You go to, you know, any These major players. league stadium. Yeah. Family of five try to do the same thing. You're talking 200 bucks. That's stressful. You can see the stress on people's faces. They're like, oh, we have to have fun. <laughs> we're, pay- we're spending 200 bucks. Like, we- everyone having fun, right? It's like, uh, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's we like, paid $800 yeah, you got- to come here. You better ride down <laughs> Yeah, you enjoy it. <laughs> you better. <laughs> this is our one game we get to go to a year. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's... If you do this, this it's, I, I, I would not be able I, – I, I, I don't even have words. I, I'm just like – it infuriates me just to even think that this is a topic on the table. You can pay Garrett Cole $324 million to pitch every five days for the next nine years. But a guy who's on the AAA uh, championship winning team for the PCL uh, Giants AAA team is only getting $8,216.58 a year? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This guy, I mean, I don't know who it was because his um, uh, pay stub was blacked out so you wouldn't be able to see him for, you know, for his protection. But this guy was on the AAA championship team for the San Francisco Giants organization. $8,216.58. That's not even minimum wage. No. That, that's, that's, I can't believe that Major League Baseball and the whole baseball system is able to get away with playing, paying players under minimum wage. You hear horror stories about like six guys living in an apartment just because they can't afford rent. People working at Home Depot in the off season, it doesn't even make sense from a baseball standpoint. Like, you want these guys to be able to perform at their best, right? Like, do you want them working at Home Depot? Do you want them working in the factories in the off season, or do you want them focusing on baseball? I mean, I had friends who played uh, independent ball, and yeah, they would have to have day games. They'd have to have day jobs. To, yeah, uh, be able to just play at night. You know, and they have they only got you know they barely get anything. I think yeah. you get like. Twenty dollars a day for food or something like that. Yeah, that that doesn't go very far, especially if that's the only money you're getting. Yeah, basically, because eight thousand two hundred sixteen dollars is not going to get you anything. 
No, no, it's not. It's not even going to get you rent for a year, like in most places. $8,000, what's that, like, you know, somewhere in the vicinity, like 800 bucks a month? Like, that's, you know, I, I'm out in Phoenix. It's, if you want to get, like, a one-bedroom place, it's 1200 bucks. Yeah. And I live in Ramona, where uh, for a two-bedroom uh, uh, apartment, we pay, like, $1,500. So... Yeah, yeah. So you're talking guys that are—they can't even survive. That's not enough money to survive. Yeah, at that point, they might as well be college players because college players don't get paid anything. And I mean, we—you and I went on a tangent about that off uh, off air, uh, which who knows? Maybe that's something we can bring to this show. But I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Those college kids aren't getting paid. These uh, minor league players aren't getting paid much more. In all fairness. No, it's it's just enough money to be an insult. Let's be honest. Yeah, basically. I mean, at that point, I, I guess I, you know, people are going to be like, no, you're being silly. But at that point, you might as well just pay for, uh, play for free. I mean, I'd yeah. rather play for free at that point. It's like $1,800, come on. Are you kidding me? Yeah, the, I mean, good luck having a family. Like, these guys aren't all 18. There's a lot of guys in the minors that are 25, 26. That, I mean, that's the time when people are starting to think about having a family. Like Tim Tebow's 32 years old. <laughs> yeah. He's in AAA. <laughs> Yeah, you're making eight. I mean, I'm sure he's making a lot more money with his name, but yeah, yeah there's a lot of guys. I think like four million dollars or something like that. Yeah, so he, I mean, he might not be fighting for minor league rights, but I'm sure he's looking around at guys making eight grand a year and just thinking, man, it sucks to be you guys. It uh, does. It says, uh, his net worth anywhere from four to ten million dollars. So yeah, you're right. He's probably not having to uh, fight anybody in the bread uh, lines. Yeah, hopefully he's buying nice sandwich spreads for them after games. I mean, I'm sure Tim Tebow is the kind of guy who probably uh, does a lot for his teammates. I mean, that's just my guess. <laughs> yeah, he, he seems like a pretty generous guy. I, don't, I haven't heard a lot of bad things about Tim Tebow, except to swing. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so the Padres would be affected by this, um, granted a little less than most teams, but um, – Tri-City, which is in Washington, the Dust Devils, is their uh, short season A-level team. I know that's kind of a lot, but uh, the Dust Devils do play under the uh, Padres minor league affiliate umbrella. So that would really be the only team that would be affecting them. But, I mean, if you're losing 42 teams, you'd have to shut off a couple levels. So, I mean, my guess is every team would probably have a single A, double A, triple A, and that's probably about it. Yeah, that's what I heard, too. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Bakersfield lost their team. The High Desert Mavericks lost their team. I think all both were two years ago. Uh, and those teams relocated to uh, either of the Carolinas. I don't remember which one. I think they might have gone to both respective Carolinas. But I yeah. do know they left the California region. Yeah, High Desert, that was uh, Lancaster, right? No, no, Lancaster Jethawks are still playing in Lancaster. Okay, that's good, yeah. That's right. Yeah, my parents used to live out there, so I used to take my nephews out, out there all the time, or go with them. Oh, okay. So it was a lot of fun, I, uh, yeah. I have an aunt who lives in Lancaster, so. Yeah, high, oh, the High Desert one, that was Victorville, right? I believe so, yes. Oh, right, yeah, that's actually by where my parents live now, so I should know that one. There you go. All right, so... Our next topic, we are going to talk about, uh, Andrew, this is right up your alley. We're going to talk about the 2020 Zips. Now, Andrew, what the heck is a Zip? The Zippity-Doo-Dah? What are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, so Zips is just a, it's a projection system. So it's a way of uh, 
taking any player you want that's currently playing, you know, from Mike Trout to Fernando Tatis Jr., and just trying to predict how they're going to do in 2020. And it's basically done through a very complex, convoluted system that just compares players to other players and historical data going back through almost all of history of baseball. But it, it's pretty accurate, and it does a pretty good job. So every time this comes out, it's really exciting for me, and it's really exciting for a lot of baseball fans to be able to go through and kind of get an idea of what the advanced stats say a player is going to do for 2020. And the Padres one just came out, so it's really exciting stuff. So we got some good information for you guys today. So, uh, yeah, the first thing that, uh, you know, I thought we should go over is uh, the Major League projections and some of the interesting, um, you know, predictions for wins above replacement for our team. So we were talking before the you know the podcast about right off the bat what stuck out to us, which was the weakest position on the team, which is actually uh, first base Eric Hosmer, who's uh, only projected to be worth 1.1 wins above replacement, which is a below average player, and he's making 21 yeah, million dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad. That's 21 million dollars for a guy that's going to be below average. And we have them for the next six years. So that's pretty cool. But you, you were saying something interesting about uh, the double-edged sword of wanting free agents that I, I thought was interesting. And I thought it'd be cool for you to come back to. So I know I touched a little bit about it last week. But um, <clears throat> if you're like as Padres fans, uh, we're so used to, you know, the Padres not getting that free agent. We're so used to them just whiffing on that free agent or not even trying to, you know, to get insert player's name here. <clears throat> so it almost seems fitting that the first big free agent they land in years, who was Eric Cosmer, right? That's fair to say. Oh, yeah, definitely. The last big free agent they got before Eric Cosmer. I mean, uh, not there, there wasn't one. There was never a big free agent signing in Padres history. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, because at the time, didn't Eric Cosmer get the largest contract, right? And then yeah, yeah, was yeah, Manny Machado. Yeah, Manny Machado right after that. So I think I Eric Cosmer. I, I think originally it was uh, what Chase Headley, then Jed Jerko, then yeah, yeah, Cosmer, the, the, yeah, then the, the, yeah. Those were all like you know internal, uh, you know, Jake Peavy internal extensions and things like that. But I mean, you go yeah. back a long time, it was, it was always trades or extensions. We there was never really a big marquee free agent signing. Always guys at the end of the career like Mike Piazza, or, you know the Ian Kinslers of the world. The he was he was great. I loved having Mike Piazza on the team. First at bat as a Padre, hit it right uh right over the uh the right field wall. I remember that. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I remember that too. Um, but yeah, it's um people, you know, we we can't have everything. And like I said, it's almost fitting that the first big free agent signing they got hasn't panned out just yet because now people are like oh my gosh we're stuck with Hosmer this is what happens guys not every single free agent is going to hit I mean even Manny Machado was did hit to his expectation last year what he was projected to have s- something above six war right yeah yeah it's somewhere in that ballpark I think uh might have been six war for baseball reference and then like 5.7 with fan graphs ended so up at 3.1 yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's six for sure. Not even close. Just half that production. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you basically didn't 
quote unquote succeed on either of your big free agent signings. And that's not a knock on the Padres. But once again, you can't have everything. Sometimes you're going to have a free agent signing that's going to be amazing. But a lot of the times, free agent signings, especially nowadays, don't pan out the way you want. And maybe it's because the numbers have just gotten so crazy. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Garrett Cole, at the back half of that contract over at the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of players <laughs> who can look at the back end of their career and be like, oh, Albert Pools. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, love Pools. I mean, yeah, he sold, sold a lot of jerseys. Sold a lot of jerseys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there's certainly stuff that the computers don't pick up on, like the intangibles, what you do for your team at the clubhouse. You know, can you teach guys around you? Can you make the guy next to you better? Because I will say this, folks, Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer are going to turn Fernando Tatis Jr. to Fernando Tatis Jr. You can't tell me that having a guy like Manny Machado playing on your right side makes you a worse baseball player. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah is helping Tatis as well. But go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, yeah. Like, and Tatis is already talking about having Machado on his right side and how much of a boost it is to his game that every day he wants to go out there and grind so he can be as good as Machado. So I just wanted to back up what you were saying. I 100% agree with, with that statement. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, nobody's going to be like, oh, you know, we gave it $300 million. You weren't as good as we expected but thanks for making this guy better you know nobody it, you said that with garrett cole like oh hey you know at least you made the majors you know you said that last week so nobody's gonna nobody's <laughs> yeah. gonna be thrilled if that happens nobody in san diego is gonna be thrilled if manny machado continues to digress but i don't think manny machado is going to digress he's projected to have a war of 4.5 this year i can see him actually going above and beyond the call of duty there what about you Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if the Padres are competing this year, we'll see an entirely different Machado. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him put, put up closer to six, which is what you were saying before the podcast. I, I think you're right on the money there. He, I think he's going to have a breakout year with the Padres and really put the rest all the, the fears about his $300 million contract. I mean, that might just be the Padre fan of me hoping because it would be absolutely horrible if he puts up a two war this year with a $300 million contract. <laughs> Yeah, um, don't don't even say that. Don't even say that. <laughs> I might have to, you know, just keep popping sleeping pills every night and just stay to bed for the next ten years. In that case, <laughs> like, there's yeah, no right. way. Oh, no. No, I don't actually too do soon. that, guys. Too, yes, too soon. Too <laughs> soon. I'm just a Padre uh, fan, so I have to like prepare for the the worst. <laughs> so yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Eric Cosmer, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He has to have more than a 1.1. He has to. He got a, a 2.7. Please. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in Osper. I, I wish I did. I, I think is yeah. his defense. I mean, it really, his defense. He had a lot of really, you know, playable balls that he just, for whatever reason. Yeah, I don't get it. He he looks really good for how bad he is. Like he looks like he's a yeah. better player than he is. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, sometimes the look is, is all it takes, right? Just like that one kid in Little League. He, was, he wasn't actually good. Yeah. He was just larger than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Hosmer, yeah, he's just he's just really stylishly bad. I mean, he, he I will give him this. He's a great with runners on. Way better than when runners are off. Maybe with having, you know, fam in front of him and having a full season of Tatis, 
having Machado in front of him that, you know, maybe he'll put up like a 770 OPS. But, I mean, we're looking at, we're looking at, uh, you know, Mitch Moreland here, not a guy that's making $20 million a year. Yeah, I mean, time's going to tell with Eric Hosmer, that's for sure. Uh, let's talk a couple more, a little bit more about some of these guys. Um, he and Hedges are projected to have a 2.3 war. Uh, Tatis Jr., we've touched on that a couple times. 4.8 war, that kid's going to be a stud. So, I mean, there's not too yeah. much to say there. I mean, Tatis is are you maybe even going to pass 4.8. I mean, the, the guy's amazing. Yeah, if he, if he has a healthy full year, he was on pace last year to be closer to like seven or eight war. I, I wouldn't be yeah, surprised those, those if are Mike Trout yeah. numbers. Yeah, I mean that that's best case scenario. If he if he does five or six, that's absolutely phenomenal, especially for a twenty one year old. That so absolutely. that would be amazing. Absolutely, uh, Grisham and Myers. Are you taking two point seven? I mean, are you happy with that? I mean, yeah, I, I could I could totally see it, especially if. Uh, Grisham plays as well as he did last year. He had a, he had a pretty decent rookie season. Uh, Myers, I mean, who knows? That that's that's such a coin flip with him. If he shows up like he has in the past, that that number can be really low. Uh, if he turns out to you know be stuck inside of his head, then two point seven might be a pipe dream. It, only time will tell. Yeah, who knows with Will Myers? I mean, I I, I hope for the best. I mean. I, I am a Will Myers fan. Um, I have a Will Myers jersey in all the colors from the last couple of years. Uh, you know, I was a fan. I bought into the hype. So I really hope that he's able to figure it out. But, uh, you know, so, uh, here's hoping. He seems like a great guy. So it would be absolutely amazing if he just turned it around and had that career year. <laughs> I have to tell you a story uh, off air about Will Myers. But, uh, <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> and uh, Manny Margot, 2.5 war. Uh, I mean, you, you've talked about that in the past. I don't think you're very sold on Manny Margot, as uh, some people on Reddit call him. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, definitely not. Like, uh, what, we're coming into, I think, year four or five for him. Uh, he's digressed offensively. Great defense. Um, doesn't show much with the bat. Cordero, I highly doubt we're going to see a lot it. of... Yeah, so I, I think it's funny that he's projected to be the secondary center fielder. I'd be surprised if he even got 100 at bats. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure what's going to happen with Cordero, but I mean, if he can stay healthy, he definitely has potential. Uh, shout out to French Cordero, by the way, if you're listening to this. Thank you for giving me your uh, broken bat at Arizona Fall League uh, in 2017 and signing it for me. I appreciate that. Uh, Tommy Pham, 3.7. He's going to be one of the uh, studs of this team. I know a lot of people are really disappointed they got rid of Hunter Renfro, yada, yada, yada. The guy's old news. He's gone. Forget about it. You won't even remember who Hunter Renfro is when Tommy Pham comes to town. You can book that. Am I right? Oh, yeah, totally. I, I'm not going to miss Hunter Renfro, uh, you know, swinging at every down and away slider that comes out, you know, comes his way. And Pham gets on base. We we need people that get on base. He plays decent can he defense. get on base? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what you'd see Renfro get on base once once every four days. It felt like so. Yeah, right. it, yeah it was time to move on. And you know, best of luck to the five race fans out there that are going to see Hunter Renfro play. I hope you see him hit a lot of home runs. But I'm I mean, excited nobody, for you guys. nobody will be in the outfield to catch the home runs, so they won't have no. to worry about the whistleblowers uh, pointing at the home run. No, definitely, and that's great for Hunter Renfro because then he can collect all of his home runs and you know keep them on display as trophies. So yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> yeah, he'll. Uh, now, 
The biggest surprise for me, I don't know if this was surprising for you, was the projections for both the, uh, well, specifically for the bullpen. The bullpen's projected to have a war of basically five and a half. It's 5.4. Let's round up there. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, that, I, that really is insane. When you sent that to me, it kind of made my jaw drop because uh, the reason that's such a high number is that uh, war is really dependent on how many innings are being thrown. And as most people know, the bulk of the innings that are thrown are by the starting pitchers. So for a bullpen to have five wins above replacement with limited innings, like total in a game, that's a really high number. And what did that come out to? I think you said that was third. That's the, the third yeah, highest projection of all teams. It's projected to be third uh, in Major League Baseball for next year. Yeah, so... Uh, in yeah. front of, or only, sorry, behind uh, your favorite team, the Tampa Bay Rays uh, and the New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah the Rays keep coming back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, the Athletics are number 10, so I mean, we were talking about them earlier. So. Yeah, so, I mean, it's really it's could be a great bullpen. I, I I, I think that's true. I think I think the Padres are looking at a top five bullpen next year with Yates, Pomeranz, Minos, uh, Strom. Strom seems way better out of the bullpen. Uh, Bednar, his projections that are coming out with Zips are really good. He looks like he's going to be a solid arm. Perdomo looked like he was doing great. Uh, a full season of a healthy Castillo. I, I'm really impressed. I think that Preller's done a great job of putting this bullpen together. And what's crazy is the top three teams, like I said, are the Rays, Yankees, and Padres. Obviously, the Yankees just spend stupid amounts of money. But the Rays and Padres are just two teams that are kind of having to craft their bullpen. So, I mean, I think that's impressive in its own right. That And if this bullpen really does uh, reach those projections, I mean, that, that has to look good on A.G. Preller, especially in a oh, – this is a contract year for him, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, Fowler basically said if the team doesn't progress this year, that heads are going to roll. So most people expect that means that Preller's going to be let go if the team doesn't make a playoff run. Do you think Jace Tingler will get fired? A lot if AJ Preller gets fired just because that's his guy. Oh, man, it, it depends on how bad they do. Like, if the Padres come out and win 65 games next year, yeah, he's gone for sure. Who's gonna be the head coach or the head coach? What is this football? Who's gonna be the manager? It's, it's gonna be Ron Fowler, yeah, right? They're gonna be back Pat Murphy. <laughs> oh, god, <laughs> please no. Yeah, um, that's yeah, I, I, that's that's when this podcast uh gets uh goes into retirement. Yep, just we'll, we'll hang it up. If Pat Murphy becomes a new Padre manager, I think we, we end it. Or, even better, let's have him on every single episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Explain he'd be, why he'd be sitting here telling us about how we need to stop ranting. You idiots yeah. need to shut up. Yeah, and put down the calculator. Stats don't belong in baseball. Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Now, the starters aren't projected to you know do anything too crazy i will say i mean you know certainly not bad numbers by any stretch of the imagination but uh lucchese mr fuego is projected to have a war of 2.5 gary richards uh, 2.1 uh the sheriff uh paddock is uh 2.8 uh lamette is expected to have a war of 1.9 and zach davies 1.8 yeah, that, that's a solid all around everyone's projected to be above average so just positive value I mean, I, I believe like if you add up the wins above average between all those guys, that's about yeah three and a half. So if you had an eighty-one win team and those guys all perform to those projections, you're talking about an eighty-four win team. 
you know, take that with the bullpen and the starting lineup, you know, you're, you're talking to a team that wins anywhere between 85 to 92 games. That That's a, you know, a potential wild card right here that we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, this season could be a lot of fun, folks. Uh, it, it really is just going to be exciting to truly see what happens. I mean, <clears throat> I truly don't want to speculate too much about things, but things like this, I think, are acceptable. I hate sitting here for four hours talking about what trades should happen or shouldn't happen. That kind of stuff gets a little boring to me after a while. But I do like looking at these projections because a lot of the time these projections are fairly accurate. And I know, Andrew, you're a big numbers guy, rightfully so. I mean, that's the new wave of baseball, right? Oh, yeah, totally. And, yeah, the, the Zips projection do a pretty good job. So, I mean, mostly, you know, sometimes it'll be off from player to player. Or like last year when the balls turned out to be juiced, the power numbers were way off. But now that those are adjusted into the historical projections and things like that, I think we're looking at something that's going to be pretty accurate. If anything, they underpredict what a player is going to do. So while Machado is predicted to have a 4.5 wins above replacement, that would be considered more of a conservative estimate. So they're going for the highest likely chance that that's what he's going to do. And if he goes past it, then good. What they don't want to do is over-project what someone's going to do and then have them grossly underperform. So these are pretty good numbers to look at, guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's it'll, it'll be nice to, I mean, just have baseball back and see how these projections actually pan out. I mean, this is kind of the part of the year where I, I, I'm kind of itching for it. I can get away with it because, you know, it, it's Christmas time and, you know, the holidays are around. But, oh, man, I, after this, I need my baseball. So yeah, I'm just excited to see how these projections actually turn out. You know, it's fun to see the team can compete on paper, but yeah. And they, they do uh, some player comps and stuff like that, that were kind of interesting. So uh, the first one that stuck out to me is that the zips projection for the comparison to Fernando Tastis Jr., which takes into account the player's age, uh, their position and things like that. So Fernando Tatis Jr.'s number one comp is actually Alex Rodriguez, which is amazing. That's, that's probably the best player you can hear as a comp for a young player on your team. Manny Machado's is, yeah, Adrian Beltre, which is also amazing. And then uh, for Chris, for his career, though. yeah, yeah, one of the best hitting third basemen, one of the best defending third basemen of all time. Chris That's Paddock, right. another great name, is uh, Mike Mussina, Hall of Fame pitcher. Um, Denilson Lamet, J.R. Richard. I don't know if a lot of player people on this podcast are, that are listening are going to be familiar with J.R. Richard. But he came up with the Astros in the 70s, and for about a three- or four-year period, he was like Nolan Ryan dominant, was striking out 300-plus batters a year. And then, unfortunately, his arm pretty much fell apart and never was able to recover. So to have that kind of comparison is absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are all very, very exciting um, people to be you know, compared to. You know, we can sit here all day and compare players, um, you know, and you never really want players to pay too much attention to that kind of stuff. You want them to go out there and be their own player. But, I mean, anytime you you can get compared to uh, Mike Messina, right? Oh, yeah. And, yes. you know, Alex Rodriguez, uh, Adrian Beltre, there's nothing to be ashamed of at all about that kind of stuff. I mean, those are some of the greatest players of their respective time. So, you know... Could we be seeing that here in San Diego? I mean, gosh, I hope so. 
Yeah, I, I hope so too. If Fernando Tatis Jr. is anywhere close to Alex Rodriguez, I will be the happiest Padre fan of all time. I mean, you know, the clean version of Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, before the steroids and, yeah, the slapping the ball out of the hand in the, the playoffs. I thought he did that. He didn't slap it out of his hand. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. I'm thinking about the time where uh, he yelled, got it, got it, behind the, uh, the <laughs> guy when you're running third base. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's just so many, uh, you know, bad Alex Rodriguez moments. It's like, how do you pick one? Yeah, right. By the way, we're not sponsored by the show, but you guys should watch uh, – Alex Rodriguez show on uh, what is it a uh, NBC or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you saw him on Shark Tank, right? That's what... no, oh no. yeah, back in the game. Have you seen? Oh, it? back in the game. No, I haven't seen it. Oh, he, yeah, sorry, he's later. not on Shark Tank, guys. <laughs> I totally missed that. <laughs> he well, he was. He, he was on an episode of Shark Tank today. Oh, was he? All right, yeah. So I did hear yeah, that. Yeah, he right? was on one episode. Okay. I didn't get to uh, listen to the episode, uh, but I was watching him while uh, while we were uh, planning for the show. Yeah, he is pitching a new way to take steroids. So it's really exciting. There you go. Um, All right, folks. Well, uh, that is just about going to do it out of us. So before we close out the show, uh, if you guys are interested in sponsoring us, uh, once again, this is still a pretty brand new podcast. This is our 10th episode. So we wanted to, you know, try to do whatever we could to try to make it as exciting as possible. Uh, It's kind of like in high school or middle school when you just started dating, you know, somebody new and you've been dating for like a month and you have to make it a much bigger deal than it really is. So you got to like take them on a hot date to Wendy's or or rallies or whatever you had in your neighborhood. So, you know, we had to try to do something fun. And I figured this was this was kind of it. It was a little more uh, zany than we normally cover, you know, projections and stuff like that. So something that's very much in Andrew's alley. And I know he enjoys talking about that. I enjoy hearing him talk about that, and I hope you guys did as well. But, uh, yeah, once again, if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast, partyadmissionpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and email us that way. Um, if you guys are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate a five-star review or whatever you want to give us. If we haven't earned that review, that's fine. Go ahead and email us, partyadmissionpodcast at gmail.com. We are going to do whatever we can to make this podcast as great for you guys as possible. This show is for you guys. So we appreciate you guys tuning in, period. Uh, and lastly, I just want to wish you guys a great holiday season. Uh, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, whatever you guys are going to celebrate. Whatever the reason you're celebrating your holiday is, we hope that you guys have a safe time with your families or your friends and you guys truly uh, take an opportunity to um, appreciate what you have and what you, uh, and uh, not what you don't have. Uh, Andrew, do you have anything you want to say about uh, anything I just covered right now? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, just a happy holidays, guys. I hope it's a great one. And uh, rallies, if you're listening, uh, you can sponsor us with some French fries. You make the best. <laughs> My girlfriend is a big fan of rallies French fries. And, uh, <laughs> with their onion rings, I think, also? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're amazing. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we, we're just finding out here that Andrew really just wants to make a fast food podcast. I mean, Del Taco and Rally's all in the same episode. Yeah, uh, we can make it a 10-parter for sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, let's go down that road. We'll, we'll talk about yeah. that later. And uh, last but not least, folks, uh, we have big things on the horizon. I said that last week, but trust me, Andrew and I are hard at work trying to get some really, really fun, interviews 
with uh, with some former Padres. Oh, did I let that slip? I might have. <laughs> uh, maybe even some current Padres. That one's uh, not as much in the development, but we're certainly going to try to get some uh, current Padres as well as former Padres on by the time spring training starts and hopefully to kick off the new year. So uh, we promise to work hard on that, folks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Padres Mission Podcast, your home for San Diego Padres news, hot takes, events, and more. We'll continue to bring you guys episodes every Monday as often uh, as we can with uh, uh, hopefully no signs of slowing down as well as breaking news episodes as those events unfold. Uh, This is Fernando Mendez and... Andrew Ciccarelli. Signing off. Have a great night, ladies and gentlemen. And go Padres.